Hey y'all, this is Charlie and we are living, loving, laughing in grace. And guess what? Once again, I am enjoying watching the rain because it is, where am I? I'm in Western Washington and it rains all the time here. <laughs> no, it doesn't, it rains a lot and I love the rain. So I'm sitting here enjoying this rain, enjoying a cup of tea and enjoying the Lord's love. And that's what I'm inviting you to do right now is to just join in uh, to the Lord's love and, and how much your heavenly father adores you and cares for you. And we're just, we're kind of looking at that through a, a little indirect way, right? Of seeing how, how valuable Jesus is. And the thing about it is we really won't ever understand how much the father loves us unless we understand how much the father loved his son because he gave that son up for us. And I actually have a, a confession that I want to share with y'all because I think it's going to help some of you that might be in the same place that I was in for a long time. Uh, for a long time, I didn't get at all how much God loved me. I got that Jesus did not nearly enough because you can't have one without the other. They're one and the same. Uh, the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. They're a triune God in one. Another mystery that we can't understand. But And that was, you know, played a big part of how I just couldn't understand how much the Father loved me. Or how much Jesus did. But I kind of got it. Jesus died for me. Okay, that's a big deal. He died for me. He, so he must really, really love me. I've been taught Jesus loves me when I was a little girl. So I got that he loved me, but the father, not so much. He was the one in my mind that was like keeping track of every time I failed and just, just waiting to punish me. And, you know, obviously I had no understanding of all the things I share with y'all now, but there's another aspect to that. And that I didn't get how much the father loved his own son. The truth is I really didn't think that he loved them at all because I looked at him and I thought, well, I see what Jesus did. I see how Jesus suffered, but the father just gave up his son. He abandoned him. He didn't, he didn't care at all about him. He let him go through all of that pain. And that was coming from a place of what I had experienced in my own life because of what I had experienced from my own natural earthly father. I didn't see what the heavenly father doing as a great gift that pained him. But as that's just what dads do, they bail, they, they abandon, they don't, they don't care. And, um, I haven't wanted to share that for a long time because I'm not at all trying to cast dispersions on anyone. And that's not my heart, but the truth is, I know this is going to help some other people to see that. We cannot compare the heavenly father to our earthly fathers. There is absolutely no comparison at all. The Bible even tells us that, that he is the perfect heavenly father and that our even our fathers here, our natural fathers were only fathers that were given custody of us for a short time. And, you know, hopefully they, they did the best that they can but we all belong in truth to the heavenly father. You know, when you get to heaven, that there won't be uh, moms and dads and grandparents and great grandparents and great, great grandparents. The Bible says we are all children of God. We will all be children of God. 
Uh, you're still going to know your loved ones, but we will all be children of God. So going back to this, how I couldn't, because in my mind, and I'm going to be really, really honest. I think sometimes without acknowledging it, without knowing it, I actually became angry at God for giving up his son because I was so very angry at everything I went through when I was given up. And so there was absolutely no way I could understand how much the father loves me. And if you're listening and you've been in that place, this message is especially for you. When you see the heart of the father and how his heart broke over his son and to know that he gave up that son for you, not out of negligence or not out of a feeling of he just didn't care, the lack of emotion. My friend, it was so, so the opposite. It was because of his great love for you, because of his great love for you, that he gave us his son in spite of the incredible amount of pain it caused him. In Proverbs, uh, in Proverbs 8, verse 30, listen to this. I love this. This is actually describing. So in our last podcast, we talked about how wisdom is Jesus. Jesus is the person of wisdom. And all throughout, we see wisdom described or we see wisdom personified especially in the Proverbs. And here's another place where it's actually talking about how Jesus was there when God formed the earth in the very beginning, as there's also reference to in Genesis. But it says, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters would not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily his delight. Did you hear that, my friends? Jesus, from even the beginning of our time, my friends, for all of eternity, Jesus was daily the father's delight. That's what the father thinks of his son. It says, it goes on to say he was rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world. And my delight was with the sons of men. Oh, isn't this beautiful? My friends, think of this. Jesus is rejoicing before the father every day and the father takes his delight in the son and then the son takes his delight in us. Just like we are meant to learn from our earthly parents. They, they love us in an unconditional way that we then learn to turn and love our children with that. But, but remember whether or not, whether or not that's how that is, was God's desire for you amen, on this earth, but we can still look to our heavenly father and receive such, uh, my friends, receive such an over, overwhelming, overpowering love 
And don't think to yourself that these things, these hurts in your heart can't be healed on this side of heaven. If you tell yourself that, then you're making it true. But if you will open your heart up, trust that your heavenly father loves you more than you can possibly imagine. He will heal your heart. Let him show you how much he loves you. Know that you can trust in his faithfulness. You can trust in who he is. You can trust that the Bible says God is love. God is love. It's not something he does. It's not just something he gives. It's who he is. He can't help but love because he is love. And the Bible also declares that he himself has declared he shall never, ever forsake you. He shall never leave you. He shall never abandon you. And that's exactly the price that his son paid when he was forsaken at the cross so that the father could now declare that to each and every one of us because of our sins, we do deserve to be abandoned. We do deserve to be forsaken. Every time we fail and we're faithless, faithless. We deserve for the father to turn his back on us, but instead he turned his back on his son so that he could turn and open his arms to us and say, my child, I love you. I delight in you. And I shall never, ever by any means abandon you. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness and your love. My friends, we see it again. This is in Proverbs where we see how much the father loves his son. And remember those words that Jesus was daily his delight. My friends, there was, there was nothing cold about their relationship. There was, this wasn't just about being dutiful, right? Doing something because you have to, because it's the right thing to do. It was out of such a love. There was such a love between them. There was delight in rejoicing. My friends, this is the type of relationship your father in heaven desires to have with you. This is the type of relationship Jesus desires to have for you and that he paid to have with you. We can go to Mark chapter one. And at this point, Jesus has come to John the Baptist, as they called him, to be baptized at the Jordan River. And it says it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son in whom is all my delight. Just picture this, my friends. There's this huge crowd gathered all along the banks. John the Baptist had a huge ministry and people came from all over uh, the place to be baptized by him. And Jesus comes and in the very public, proud way, the father opens up the heavens, looks down and declares for all to see, this is my beloved son and him is all my delight. In him is all my delight. My friends, nothing had changed from before our time to now. Jesus is still the father's delight. Jesus is still his beloved son. Amen. And do you know that the Jordan River happens to be the lowest place on earth where Jesus was baptized? That specific area is the lowest place on planet earth. Now, there's another time 
where the father said these same words again. And that's in Mark chapter 9, where Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and it says, led them up on a high mountain, a high mountain. And he was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white like snow, such as no launder on earth can, can whiten them. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Then Peter answered. I love this. Peter answered. Peter, nobody asked the question. Here he goes. <laughs> this is me. Peter answered when nobody asked and said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here and let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. Now what Peter said sounded good. What he was saying by building these tabernac tabernacles, this was a form of honor. Like, wow, Lord, let's, let's build a, a, a tabernacle to honor Moses and to honor Elijah and to honor you. But what did he just do? He just put Jesus on the same level as Moses and Elijah, who represent the law and the prophets. My friends, grace is higher than the law and the prophets. As Jesus himself said, he did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And the Bible tells us that sin shall have no dominion over you because you are not under law, but under grace. My friends, when we are simply receiving of God's grace, it will break the bonds of sin in our life. That's why I tell you, don't try to stop doing this and that. Just keep coming to Jesus. Keep seeing his person, receiving from him, seeing his heart of love towards you. And those bondages, those addictions, those sins will break off of you. They have no dominion over you for you are under grace. Hallelujah. So listen what happened when Peter put them all on the same level. It says a cloud came and overshadowed them and a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son. The moment Peter put the son on the same level, God spoke up. The father spoke up and said, hey, this right here, Jesus, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Hear him. Who does God want us to hear, my friends? He wants us to hear the voice of grace. He didn't say hear them. He didn't say hear Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. He said, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Hear about my grace. Hear about my love. Hear him. And again, we see, my friends, that the father proudly declares his love for his son. And I, I want you to catch something here. So on the lowest place on earth and on this very, very high place, the father declares to his son that you are my beloved. And by saying, hear him, isn't he also saying, I'm delighted in you? Because he wants them to hear what he has to say. My friends, at our lowest points, we need to hear how much the father loves us. We need to remind ourselves that we are his beloved child with whom he is well pleased, with whom is all his delight. Because do you know right after the Lord, the, the father told Jesus that the first time, right after that was when he was led into the spirit and tempted by the devil for 40 days and overcame him. How did he overcome him? By knowing that he was the beloved son and whom the father is well pleased. And then at our high moments, my friends, when we're 
at the top of the mountain. We need to remind ourselves that we are the beloved child of our heavenly father, that he is well pleased with us so that we know, guess what? He brought me here. He'll keep me here. And remember, I'm here because of him. My friends, it's a, so we won't get prideful about where we're at or we won't fear that we'll fail. You know, have you ever had that where you've got such good things going on or you're so successful that you get afraid of failure? When you remember that it's your father who loves you and put you there, those fears, they, they got no, they got nothing on you, my friend. So in your low point and in your high point, let's remind ourselves, remind each other that you are the beloved child of the most high God and he is well pleased with you. He is so delighted in you. Hallelujah. And we see that the father declared that over his son again and again there and throughout the scripture. So I tell you, my friends, do you think it broke the father's heart when his son obeyed him to the full, perfectly obey him? His son wasn't even in rebellion towards the father and it wouldn't have mattered. The father still would have loved him. But at the moment where Jesus had humbled himself to the very, very lowest, where he had completely obeyed his father. In that moment, the father had to turn his back on his son because his son had become sin. His son had become our sin and the father cannot look on sin. He's so righteous and so holy. He cannot look on sin, my friends. That was the problem because we became sinners. My friends, it's not just the actions. It's what we became when Adam rebelled against God. We became sinners. And because we are sinners, God cannot even look on us. He could not hear our cry. He can't turn his face towards us. It completely disconnected all relationship with him because he's a trice holy God, a trice righteous God, so perfect that he can have no dealings with sin. And so his son became sin. And the father had to turn his back. And at the cross is the only time Jesus didn't call God father. He always referred to God as father. But at the cross, he knew that he had been forsaken. And he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The answer I already shared because I couldn't wait to get to it because God wanted to turn to each and every one of us and say, I'm now your father. You're now my child and I shall never, never, never forsake you. I love you and in you is all my delight. My friends, it's the great exchange that happened at the cross. But never imagine to yourself that it didn't cost God dearly, that it didn't pain him, that he had to turn his back on his son, that he gave him over. We will never know the extent of his pain. But I venture to say that's why the world became completely black. Completely black. My friends. That is how much God loves you because that son that we've heard about, the son who danced daily before his father, who rejoiced in him and was daily his delight, the son that he declared again and again, you are my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased, with whom is all my delight, that son he gave up for you. For God so loved the world. 
that he gave his one and only son, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. My friend, if you're listening today and you have never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, take that opportunity right now. That is why you are listening. The Father is calling to you. He wants to bring you into His family. He wants you to experience His love and pleasure and delight and joy. Take advantage of this moment and say this prayer with me. Say, Father God, I thank you that you gave up your son, the son whom you loved, the son with whom you are well pleased. You gave up that son for me. Thank you that at the cross, he became my sin, took all my punishment, so that I have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I believe that Jesus died, was buried, and on the third day he rose again, declaring that all my sins of my past, my present, and my future have been put away. Jesus Christ, you are my Lord and Savior. I am now a child of the Father, and heaven is my home. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 My friend, welcome to the family of God. If you just said that prayer, we are celebrating with you. We are so thankful that, that you are listening today. My friend, tell somebody that you know. Reach out and let us know. I'd love to share a gift with you just to welcome you to the family. Get involved in a church that talks a lot about Jesus, that shows you the beauty of Jesus and is in the Word of God, the Bible all the time. Amen. I encourage you to do that. My friends, I want you to go into this resurrection season, just, just contemplating, asking the Lord for fresh revelations of how much he loves his son and, and in turn, how much he loves you. Because remember, he gave up that son that he so greatly loved for you, how valuable you are to him, how much he so loves you. Daddy God, that is our prayer to you today, that you would give each and every one of us a greater revelation of how much you love us, of the love that you share with your son, of the sacrifice that was made out of your great love for us, Lord. Help us to see ourselves the way you do, to value ourselves the way that you do. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Till next time, keep on living, loving, laughing in grace. Woohoo! Oh, and by the way, if you would like to reach me, you can do so at gracegang20 at gmail.com. That is gracegang20 at gmail.com. All right. Till next time.